0: You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome back to Main Character Energy. We made it to 2024, y'all. It's our first episode of the year, and at the time of this recording, we just finished our first week of the year. I'm definitely drinking the new year, new me Kool-Aid. I have been super laser focused on creating better habits for myself to reach my goals in incremental ways. And I'll break that down later in this episode, just about what I've been doing to track my habits, what habits I'm trying to incorporate every day, but this is something that luckily I got hip to kind of at the end of last year with some of my close friends and clients who have really been strong with their habits, and I tried to kind of implement some of the things I saw and acknowledged. So I'll keep you posted on that, but before I dive in, I've just finished my first book of the year, which is technically one that I started last year. It's called Glossy, Ambition, Beauty, and the Inside Story of Emily Weiss. So I mentioned that I wanted to start this book in a previous episode and promised to report back, so I thought I'd give you my two cents. I wanted to read this book because it's about Glossier founder Emily Weiss. She was yet another girl boss that flew too close to the sun, and she was one of the last girl bosses standing from that 2010s era of different women founders like Sofia Maruso, who wrote *Girl Boss* and *The Wing* founder, and that group. Glossier is one of the most disruptive brands in beauty ever, and it definitely revolutionized the industry because of their approach to branding and influencer marketing and social in general. How they were kind of like taking over digital. So it taught a generation of leaders how to talk to millennials and Gen Z, and. They basically built a cult following online. So I was really eager to kind of read this, get the inside look at Emily Weiss's mind. One thing I didn't like, I guess I'll start off, I think it was kind of hard to get through the beginning of it because they were giving her, the, the author was giving her a bit of like a savior complex when in actuality, you know, I, I think she's a brilliant person, but there was a whole lot of privilege that came to be the reason why she had so much success And so I think that definitely was acknowledged and needed to be acknowledged. But the book basically chronicled Glossier's iconic and then less than favorable moments. So it talks a lot about the brands cult following, like I mentioned. There was this impact of not going public. They were supposed to go public, but it was one of those things where they were almost like too big or kind of missed their prime to go public so they decided not to which kind of bit them in the ass later and of course the chokehold that that shade of pink that millennial pink had on everybody so i always love this genre of founder stories and it's not because of it's not about the failures and the the downfalls of these people right like for me it's just more about getting an inside look at these brands and what it took to build them So one thing I found interesting is learning that Glossier didn't even start as a product line. I was not hip to this. I'm sure a lot of people were, but Emily Weiss actually had a beauty and lifestyle publication called Into the Gloss. And Into the Gloss was kind of the platform that launched Glossier. So she had... This background as an editor and a writer and she would do these get ready with me's with different celebrities and she had access to so many celebrities because of just like the places she's worked and the rooms that she's been in and so she would literally be like sitting on the toilet in like Giselle Bundchen's bathroom asking her like what she uses on her face and so basically That platform got so popular, she built it up, had a huge following around it, and then she decided that she wanted to do more, and she wasn't even sure that she wanted to launch Glossier when she hired her initial Glossier team, which is so interesting. But yeah, that's what allowed her to build such a successful brand. Once she had the idea, she then went to a chemist, then started to put things together. But I will say, I mean, this girl knew branding. That is one thing she definitely knew. She knew branding. She knew how to speak internet and it did wonders. So yeah, basically I appreciate the need, the author's need to point out that she had a lot of privilege as a founder, right? Like she had a ton of success, but just where she was born, I think she was born in Connecticut and being adjacent to some of the opportunities that she got from her family and the schools she was in, things like that definitely kind of positioned her for success on top of, you know, her own innovations. And I do appreciate actually that the author kind of called out that Black women founders struggle to receive VC funding compared to white peers. Emily Weiss was certainly not having problems getting VC funding. She was, they, you know, they were well-funded even when things kind of weren't certain, she still got backed with more funds to really try to make things stick. But anyways, my takeaway from this Glossier story is that you can be successful in really any industry that you want to be in, right? Like we sometimes get this imposter syndrome, but you can take your transferable skills. Like Emily knew fashion and beauty, she knew writing she knew digital culture and she meshed all that together, like this unique skill set of hers to create what she created, an idea that she wasn't even certain on initially, but built it into something, um, which says a lot. She didn't wake up and say, I want to build Glossier and she didn't have a background in product or anything like that. So yeah, imposter syndrome will have us all thinking that we don't have enough experience or that we're not an expert or that it doesn't make sense for our journey. But aside from Weiss's obvious privilege um, and insane access to resources, she was, again, a writer at her core. She's able to identify a tone that consumers really gravitated for. And she turned this curated vibe into this disruptive beauty brand. So, the grit, the determination to lead and hire the right people to like see that vision out is a super lesson for myself just because, you know, basically the lesson here is don't talk yourself out of doing your big one, period. Okay. So my annual solo retreat. So first of all, I was excited for 2024, not only because I was just ready to throw last year away as we all kind of get to that burnout stage where we're like, just start me over. I was really excited as well, just because 24 is actually one of my lucky numbers. I was born on the 24th it's a Kobe year. There's just so much meaning behind it that I was really excited for. And then I come to find out that 2024 is a universal eight year in numerology. And so that means that we're leaving behind this period of introspection and moving into a year of prosperity. And so basically we got to know ourselves on a deeper level and we could feel the future, what we truly desired. And so 2024, Is the year to take action and create that future and i was feeling that i definitely feel like i laid a lot of foundation and then want to kind of see everything blossom in 2024 and that's what the number eight's all about it's all about materialization it's all about manifestation it's also associated with abundance so just being an abundance mindset and this year brings you the opportunity to basically create abundance in every area of life and bringing true balance to everything. So my word for 2024 is alignment. If it's not in alignment, I don't want it. I've planted the seeds, like I said, and I don't want anything to feel forced. And so it's not to say that things should be easy. I think that's important to note because I'm not going to move in a way where if it's not easy um, or if – yeah, if it's it's too much work, I don't want it. That's not the case. It's more so like if it's not in conjunction with my values even or just like these ideas or the things that I'm putting in the universe, these things that I've been really rallying around in my own like personal life and career – then it's kind of outside the box and it's not something that I should spend my time or energy on. And I think that that's important to note because we can get a little lost in the sauce trying to kind of trace different things and see what's right and see if we're supposed to take this path or that one. But now I'm just on this path of it just has to make sense before I move over to it. So one way that I get aligned for the new year is by doing a solo retreat. This is actually something that when I started my business, I wanted to implement this every quarter. And it didn't always happen every quarter. This year, I'm really trying to actually schedule it so it's every quarter. For me, it ends up usually being kind of like the last month of the year, where I usually find a location, go there and really kind of have this loose schedule of things to do for my business, but also for my self-care. I like to usually kind of do a staycation or find somewhere that's like away from my normal environment because this is a designated time to like reflect and fine tune and decompress and evaluate but this year I just wanted to be home. I haven't been home a lot. I decided to just stay at my place and basically you in it's in a typical like solo retreat the way that I've been doing it is you are offline these days. So the first week of the year, I made it like a new rule that I'm not I'm not working our offices are closed the first week of the year. I actually think that this should be like a national holiday in my opinion. Everybody needs to like really rest. There's no way that people are rested especially when there's holidays and travel and all this like there's just never enough time, but I did my best to be offline so that I can really dedicate time to this solo retreat. My solo retreats are usually comprised of like creative activities, wellness activities, some admin things, planning, things that feed me spiritually. I like to create this like loose schedule that includes time for rest, time for self-care, like getting a facial or going to the spa. And so luckily this year my good sis, Natasha, took me to an infrared sauna. And that was like the exact detox that I needed. Shout out to friends that you can reset with. Um, But yeah, throughout basically last month to decide what I wanted to do during this time, I was just brain dumping into a Google doc. So when I was getting really busy and I would kind of realize like, oh my God, I need to like, clean out these folders or there's stuff over here that I forgot about. Like, I need to organize my, you know, photos and my photo albums and stuff. I would just write it down to do it when I had time. So that was kind of the best way to do that. That way I didn't have to sit down and be like, what should I do? Like, I knew I had so much stuff to do just when it quieted down. So – I just fantasized about this solo retreat um, time to really get in the zone with my projects. And so I basically wrote down that I needed to update my contacts. I needed to organize and back up my photos. Um, I needed to go through my notes. I need to go through my Notion. I need to go through all that type of stuff, like my Canva, like save things. You know, sometimes you get so caught up that I have all this stuff everywhere and I need to like centralize it. I also wanted to make time for like vision boarding and. Refining my pitch decks, and you know, I'm a big like spreadsheet and Notion and Canva Girly, so I really just wanted to like clean up all of that because I feel like it cleans up my mind to have that organization. This is such a Capricorn conversation, y'all. I'm sorry, (laughs) but yeah, anyways, using this time to basically like take long hot girl walks and not feel like I have to like rush back. Um, be able to like watch a movie that I've been wanting to watch or like read things I want to read while also kind of like doing this little bit of maintenance that I really needed to get done or just do some planning for the new year. Like where am I going? Do I want to take trips? Like scheduling time in for, you know, checking in with friends and making sure that I see them throughout the year because sometimes time just flies by. It's a little crazy. So right now, I'm just, you know, trying not to get so overwhelmed in my day-to-day, trying to outsource, trying to assess these quarterly, monthly, weekly goals, and also in the process, give myself some grace. I don't have crazy goals. Like, not to say that this is crazy, but a lot of my goals this year, they're not so – like, I'm not like I have to have 10,000 followers on Instagram by then. Like, they're not like that. I think it's obviously good to have like Measurable goals that are like specific, but a lot of mine are just really like incorporate more movement into your day, more meditation, and so that's why I basically started using this habit tracker, which I'll talk a little bit more about. But burnout confession because I'm not done talking about the fact that like we never rest as a society, but we all need to rest like at the same time, national sit your ass down week needs to happen. Burnout is so hard to recover from. And when I'm burnt out, I'm operating off of this space where I'm not like flowing creatively anymore. And if I'm not being creative, that's putting my money in jeopardy. Like my ideas make me money. And I'd rather always have a budget to like invest in self-care and prioritize like any anything that's good for your health or wellness, then potentially fumble future bags by missing out on ideating and executing great ideas. That's just me. So let's get into the habit building. I'm really geeking out over this. So I just finished reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. A lot of people know this book. I've Kind of gotten familiar with a lot of references. I just worked with a few other people who are like really into productivity that um, I can kind of see how they've implemented this. And I I was really like, it has to start with habits. I have to start with these daily things because how can you get to your goal if you're not kind of setting yourself up to reach that goal? You can't just decide that I'm going to, you know, win a marathon. That's not my goal, but you can't just win a marathon out of nowhere. It's like, how much training are you doing? And, you know, all the things. So I want to start with the fact that I came out of this book just deciding that I want to do a few things like in December, just to kind of prep myself for January. There is a habit tracker that is associated with this book. You can download it, I believe, on the Atomic Habits website. I got a track uh, sorry, a habit tracker from a good friend of mine that I've been using and I kind of love it. Between using that and I also use an app called One in One app, One in One basically does the same thing and it's less manual, but I am I like to have both. I, I really like the, uh, the idea of being able to like check things off on a spreadsheet. Like I said, I'm a spreadsheet girly. So anyways, using those two things to track small behaviors every day. So the habits that I'm implementing are drink, eight glasses of water a day. My movement goal, basically all my uh, Apple Watch goals are also on here. So what my movement goal is, what my standing goal is, my steps, get 10,000 steps a day, five minutes of meditation, five to 10 minutes of either stretching or Pilates. And I wanted to give myself that leeway in case I don't have time. Because my biggest fear with this was like, okay, if I fall off, it's going to give me anxiety. I'm going to be stressed out that I'm not meeting my goals. But it's definitely doing the opposite. It's empowering me. It's getting me excited to like hit these things. But I'm giving myself grace because I don't have to hit all these goals every day. I'm happy to report that out of my 10 habits that I'm working on, the first three days of the year, I was hitting 10 out of 10. And that's because I wanted to come in strong. But I actually started in December. I think I started like seven. And I just wanted to ease my way into it. And it I didn't do that bad for my test run, but it was also a good test not only to see how many I can hit because that wasn't really the purpose of it. The purpose of it was more so to see how consistent I can be and if it's something that I would keep up or to see how I even felt about when I, you know, over the holidays. Of course, I missed, you know, being on top of my steps and going to the gym but I didn't feel bad about it. And more so, I was like, let's get back on the horse. Like, let's do this again. So I want to share something from the book that I really like. This kind of is a little bit of a tie-in to what I was kind of analyzing from Emily Weiss earlier in the Glossy book. But there's a chapter about talent. And the author is basically comparing you know, people who have natural-born talent and people who don't but just are working hard by way of improving their habits. And so he says, play a game that favors your strengths. When you can't win by being better, you can win by being different. And by combining your skills, you reduce the level of competition, which makes it easier to stand out. You can shortcut the need for a genetic advantage or years of practice by rewriting the rules. A good player works hard to win the game that everyone else is playing And a great player creates a new game that favors their strengths and avoids their weaknesses. Ooh, that was a word for me. It makes me think about that unique skill set that I mentioned earlier where maybe you're coming to the table with, again, not the genetic advantage or like maybe you're not the smartest one in the class, but being able to make a game that favors you and think about like, you know what, how can I make this setting work for me is completely inspiring. And so in the book, the author, James Clear, he talks a lot about, you know, reflection and review. And this came right on time finishing this book right as the new year was starting because he talks all about, you know, reflection and review as a process that allows you to remain conscious of your performance over time And that's all it is. It's not to say that you have to be amazing or, you know, it's bad if you're not on top of it. It's just keeping you conscious, which I feel like this tracker is doing. So I'll share some ideas for reflection and reviewing in the new year. So number one, he mentioned doing an annual review each December. Now, this is something that we've seen on social media, right? Like we see a lot of people who post LinkedIn posts or Instagram reels that kind of recap their, their whole year. Some of the things mentioned that could be kind of reviewed are like how many trips you took, maybe how many articles you published if you're a writer, or how many workouts you finished, or any of those types of things, just to kind of review and reflect. So a little bit of like a lighter, just taking a look back at the last 12 months. But then I really liked some of the journal prompts he mentioned that he does. So he mentioned that he will journal and every year ask himself, like, what went well this year and what didn't go well this year and what did I learn? And those sound basic, right? Like, even reading it, I was like, that sounds so basic, but it's so important, right? We're not always, like, really sitting with ourselves to ask ourselves that, and i can think of a few things that i wish i did better but being able to like write it down really helped to say you know what i can i can do better i at least can acknowledge this cuz if you don't acknowledge it then it'll it'll be repeating the same thing over and over so two things on here that were really different to me that i was kind of interested in so another way that you can review and reflect is doing integrity reports So integrity reports are seeing where you went wrong and reflecting on identity. So seeing if the things that you did actually were in accordance to your values. So you have to ask yourself, what are my core values? Like, what do I stand for? And are those core values driving my life? And am I exhibiting that in work? And how can I set like a higher standard for the future? So integrity report hardcore. I think it's dope. I think it's a cool way to kind of see, you know, basically, you know, there could be something at work that is just like totally not aligned with your values, unethical. Like that's something that's so important to acknowledge because it can totally alter like your your mental well-being and just your day-to-day life. So, integrity reports. And the last one is decisions journal. So, this one is really interesting to me because it's basically like doing your reflection on the choices that you made every month. Because I'm a business owner, I think that this is something that I definitely want to implement this year. So it's it, it must be fascinating to look back and see which road you took and where it led you. So that's why it piqued my interest because basically month by month in a journal, you could say, I made the decision to do this, do that, do that, and see where it landed you. So those are just four ways to reflect and review. So Here's your reminder that you do not have to have your entire year mapped out and your whole life figured out right now. There's always time to review and reflect. And we weren't supposed to have the plan intact by midnight on 2023. So ease into the new year in a way that makes sense to you. And I can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening to Main Character Energy. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at Tiff Die and Main Character Energy Pod to access exclusive content and get a behind-the-scenes look as well as resources to help you become that bitch. See you next week.